What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Champion Junior's podcast out on all your favorite media streaming platforms featuring raw and uncensored Fridays. Hi, this is Mickey. And this is Mary. We're from Aldo Rocks. And you're listening to My Good Friends at Adrenaline Underground.
keep it locked here. EternalInUndergroundRadio.com All right, so for those out there who don't know who you are, go ahead and introduce yourself, the name of the band, if you're an independent or a group, and, sorry, excuse me, and what instruments you guys play. Okay, so, yeah, hi, my name is Sean Lewis. Uh, I go as Swan Solo as a funny inside joke with myself. <laughs> so that's how, like, I'll sign all my emails. Just So so if you get, like, wait, I thought this guy's name was Swan. <clears throat> my name is Sean, and but I, I like to go by Swan as just kind of keeping things lively. Um. Anyway, so Good Godfather is a I, – I like to call it a an art project, so to speak, uh, because it incorporates pretty much, you know, all the effort that goes into a, a, a full deal music culture art thing, right? We, Makes like, sense. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, – you know, it's an attempt to start a band, but uh, re- really it's just been me – as a solo artist now, uh, kind of, uh, taking things as, as they come, working with what I have, you know, so I've been, uh, tracking down like beats and, um, and I play guitar and sing and I write songs that are, that come from the heart. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And where are you based out Oh, and I'm from uh, Oregon, Pacific Northwest, just outside of Salem. Awesome. Kirsten and I are from the east. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm in North Carolina, and she's about an hour away from me. Excellent. Well, thank you guys so much for having me with you. Uh, It's a real pleasure to make your acquaintances, and this, this being the first time that we're meeting, and I just look forward to every opportunity that I have to meet new people and have good conversation. Awesome. Well, of course, we're glad to have you here. You bet. So how long have you been making music? Uh, Well, you know, music's been just a real important part of my life since childhood. You know, that's kind of how my grandma babysat me. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> I have video games. My grandpa was a musician, and he had, like, keyboards, a, a keyboard that he would play on, uh, an old Roland synth. And that's how my grandma would entertain me. She'd say, you know, I, I had a pair of headphones, and I could dink around with that thing. So, uh, but, you know, then time goes on, life goes on. You learn other instruments, and you start to develop a habit of actually creating new things. See, I, my childhood was a lot similar to yours because music's always been in my life. I played piano, stand-up bass, a little bit of bass guitar. I can play a bit of saxophone, and the list goes on. Excellent. So I, I definitely understand it. I don't uh, have any person you got anything. I cannot play hardly anything except for like, a couple <laughs> keys on like the piano i've tried to learn guitar i just i don't get it i guess it's just to me it's backwards it's a bit of a blessing and a curse you know like uh <laughs> just i i yeah. feel like it's just i i feel like it's just like anything you know with in terms of life you know that's just life because uh you learn to do things well and then you discover there's toil with that and, and, you know, like if you're better writing and doing poetry than like actually playing music. But if somebody was to ask me like about bands and how their music is and things like that, I actually have a huge like memory bank of like music and being able to pull up like different bands from different eras because I've listened to all kinds of music. I grew up listening to everything, like from when my grandfather, like I stayed with my grandparents for, you know, a couple months, like in the summer, and they were letting me listen to stuff that they listened to. So, like, I have a huge memory bank in music, and I can say, hey, you know, 
this could probably be improved on or, you know, this whole track just doesn't even sound right. And most of the time, I mean, I've had people come back and go, you were, you were right about that. That's a good skill to have. That's a really important one because like, and it's one I rely on because I'm not very good at that. And, uh, I've, and I've really had to rely on my own senses in order to develop that. So I really value those kinds of uh, opinions for myself personally. You know, I, th- I think healthy criticism is important to apply to your life as an artist. Well, and I've, I've worked with so My head I can't hear you. Give me a moment. <laughs> it's all good. There we go. Back on. Go ahead. Okay. Um. So, like, I've bartended, like, back in my 20s, I was a bartender, and I worked in country bars. I've worked in heavy metal bars. I've worked in several different types of genres. So, just listening to, like, live play and... You know, um, hearing bands like when they set up and, you know, the people that do like I dated a guy that uh, ended up, you know, doing um, the soundboard. And now he play like he he does sound all over the world. Um, Like, yeah, for like lots of different musicians and um, like he taught me, you know, like what to listen for what to do, how to change certain things. And I would just sit back there and watch like him being, you know, creative. So what would you say is your favorite song to perform? And why is that? To be honest right now, it's actually the song that I'm working on. Uh, all, all of my new, newer materials is stuff that I'm most excited about, of course, you know, as you can imagine, because like you go back, you can, I have a particularly bad habit of being really self-critical. So. <laughs> well, uh, it's a good thing to have because everybody needs that sort of criticism they, to, a, I, to I, an extent. To an extent, but not to a fault to where you're making yourself like, okay, well, this isn't exactly perfect. If you've listened to, like, Aerosmith or whatever, he was playing, I can't even remember what the name of the the thing was, but um, it broke in the middle of them recording their (laughs) thing, and they, they left it on there because even though it wasn't perfect, it had the right sound, and then... Um, he said that uh, they didn't have maracas, but the the shaking that you hear, it's actually a sugar pack. Ah, nice. <laughs> so, you know, things like that, anything can be made into music if you do it the right way. But being overly critical of something that you have no control over, but it still may sound exactly like what you want, even though there might be a flaw. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne played drunk how many times, but people still enjoyed, (laughs) you know, they still enjoyed listening to him, even though he slurred words. Yeah. (laughs) Very good point. Very apt point. Uh, And that's, that's what I love about my project actually, because it, because I, uh, can sort of scrutinize myself pretty brutally, I am forced to, you know, pull on things that are kind of more than just skin deep, you know? Uh, so uh, that's what I value a lot as in, in my role as a creator in this project, um, because everything has so many different meanings. And I like, I really like to draw attention to that and, and take a look at like, okay, you know, what, is it about music, you know, for people? Because for a lot of people, music is a thing that's just the biggest deal in the world. But you also have, by and large, a great number of people that are like, yeah, you know, things are a dime or a dime a dozen, right? For uh, you know, your average average Joe, so to speak. <clears throat> so then, yeah, you know, I've I've wrestled a lot with uh, kind of answering that question for that. For that person to be like, well, why, why should you take the time to listen to me? I'm just another Joe Schmo. 
who uh, learned how to play a little bit of guitar. Not nearly as good as half the dudes on Instagram, <laughs> but I, I like to do it. And and I have to pull on uh, that kind of richer inspiration in order to keep me at it if I'm going to keep doing it. And I've got really no reason to stop because the songs keep coming, you know. And that's something I feel like a real responsibility to because it's so it, it is more than myself. It's not just me. I'm just a conduit to interface with this invisible force field of energy that comes in the form of sound. And so that I have to take that and apply that to my instrument and document it on the devices that I have around me and see if that is something that's supposed to mean something to the world that we're all in and we're all sharing together, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Because I think that means something. You know, I think it means something that we can understand each other. Like, I could say a word, you are receiving what I'm saying and interpreting it, and, you know, you have your perspective, you have your worldview or whatever that you're where you're coming from and but the the fact that we can understand one another that's a unifying field that brings us together like we are united yeah, by it's music it's a universal language yeah that's very what music is and really. even though i mean like i we've heard people that you know are from different countries we've interviewed people from different countries and even though some of the you've music somebody from Argentina. Forget the Spanish. Yeah, Argentina. So he had one song that was in English, but when you listen to his other stuff, it really, like, it moved me because I, I really liked the way that he was singing and he was kind of like, he was rock, but you you understood just by the way that the music was flowing, you know, kind of like. It could have been any song. If it would have been put in English, it could have been any song, you know, that was like 1980s rock. And we all, you know, understood that feeling and how that made everybody feel. Right. And it brought you something. Yeah. And like I even, I think I even said something about like it reminded me of, um, I can't remember who it reminded me of. I'd have to go back and look at my notes, but like I make notes about people and who they she remind has me of. Books. I have a book <laughs> of like everybody I've ever interviewed. That's dope. <clears throat> I want to see that book. <laughs> there, there's a ton bet, of people in there. I bet it's a library of knowledge right there. <clears throat> it is. And it, like I even have, you know, just. Like when people's uh, new albums are coming out and like what their Twitter is and, you know, like any kind of information. They got a YouTube. I, I really deep down, you know, trying to find, you know, information because I want people to understand that, you know, music, even though you're a musician, you're still a person. You're and part. everybody like kind of when you can when you can like connect with somebody on a personal level, then you can understand their music a lot better, I believe. Yeah. And I think music is a guide for that, you know, like the, that's the moment, that's the more important point, right? Like why are people going to concerts? Well, they're going to concerts to get together, hang out with their friends and develop stronger, deeper connections with people, you know, because they want to connect with that, that band or that musician in the same respect. So like when they go and see these bands, you know, they, they understand, Hey, we all are connected because we like your music, but then all of us are here gathered because we all like the same type of stuff. And then come to find out, like I've gone to concerts and then ended up like meeting people. And then it's like, Oh, well, what do you do? Or, you know, where do you live or something like that? And then come to find out that there's like just a small world of like, they may be living in the same town and you don't even realize it because you've never seen them until you've gone to this concert. Yeah. That was a, a lot of my early days, uh, in bands was like, I'd get to know other bands that were, you know, other guys that were in other bands from going to concerts and we'd like make new friends and. Oh, you're in that band? We're in a band too. You want to start a show? Oh yeah, let's go play a show. <laughs> you know? 
That's awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know, then I, I also learned the responsibility again to uh, like that's and it's it's yeah, it's hard for me to put into words just how important that is the ideas that are being shared there, you know, like I think people underestimate it really like you're, you're creating uh, with that experience, a common ground with people, but there's a lot of, there's a lot that is assumed there that until you get, you know, into the nitty gritty and get vulnerable, uh, you out that there's, there's issues, you know, like, you'll have disagreements. That's where, like, people get in fights, you know? Yes. And I've, I've seen that. I mean, I've dated a guy that was a bass player. I've dated a guy that was a drummer. And, like, there was disagreements among them. And I'm like, okay, but you guys are all in the same you're, – you're in it to – because you guys all have the same common ground. I was like, so – Yes, you might have your differences. I was like, but they can always be worked out if you guys are willing to sit down and talk about like what the differences are, why there's differences, mm-hmm. and like come to terms that you know, hey, if we add this or this, are both parties going to be happy about what's being you know played, and does it sound good overall? Mm-hmm. Are we going in the right direction? Communication is key in everything. It is. and But some, I mean, some bands, you know, they, like, say for Van Halen, you know, they, David Lee Roth, you know, he ended up, like, disagreeing. He was on drugs. They didn't agree with what he was doing. So he left. He tried to start his own thing, and then they brought in Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar, eh wasn't crazy about him being in that part of the band. So when they realized that the communication between Sammy and the rest of the band was not what they wanted or how they wanted it, they got rid of him and brought, you know, basically made David go to rehab and bring him back because he was a pivotal point in that band. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, Good Godfather is like me taking all these stories of, you know, what I know about human behavior, especially in the rock and roll world, being a total child of that world. You know, all the bands, you know, 90s, freaking Nirvana, all that stuff from when I was a kid growing up and thinking, oh, man, these guys are these guys are heroes. And then you learn more about it, especially as you learn the. Um, the nitty gritty about technique and gear and technology and all that kind of stuff. Uh, like, you know, teaching yourself everything, basically. Uh, like, I, I, I wish somebody had told me, like, hey, dude, if you're going to do this, you're doing everything. <laughs> At the beginning, I'd have been like, uh, I, I would have prepared a lot better. I still would have done it, but I would have prepared a lot better. <laughs> I was so... When I first started playing music, it was a mess. Anyway, but yeah, so Good Godfather is me taking, like, being intentional about the direction that I'm facing with this, and recognizing where I am in the world of, like, I, I have problems with the way things are, you know? I have problems with the industry. And, you know, a lot of artist people have problems with the industry. I you think know? that's an overall, like... Fundamental, like everybody that we have interviewed, and we have interviewed a buttload of people, and every one of them. I'll have to go through and count how many we've done. I can tell you, I'd have to sit here and count every piece of paper that I have, but <laughs> it's it's like half my book's already written up. So um, we've done a bit. But all of them have said the same thing. And it, it, it comes from, like, Spotify. It comes from Apple Tunes. You know, um, it, it's, it is not fair because, especially now and, like, when the lockdown happened and everything, you know, there was no bands playing out anywhere. There was no bands, like, 
mark being able to market themselves out on the road and being able to play in a club because everything was locked down. So, you know, though everybody that we've talked to has taken the opportunity to learn more about like how to market themselves, how to either play another instrument or learn how to um, make their own studio so that they are not dependent on whoever else. And then, you know, everything else within the record companies has not changed because, you know, they, they normally get 80% of the money and you guys maybe get 20% of it, if that much. If you're lucky. Yeah. yeah if, you're, uh, if you're lucky. And, you know, it, it, to me, it's like if you're doing 50% of the work and they're doing, you know, just all they're doing is promoting you after you've already sat here and you have, you know, promoted yourself, you have recorded your own stuff, you're playing your own instruments, you don't have any backing up, you know, you, like, it should be a 50-50 deal, not a 80-20 still, because you're not, they're not doing the work that you're putting into it. Exactly. Yeah, and I I don't necessarily always... I look at it as, uh, like, you know, as the artist, I can only take responsibility for myself, you know. And I can't expect people who are complete strangers to want my best interest, <laughs> you know. Like, they have their kids to think about. They got their family, their legacy they want to think about. And really, you know, I like, that's kind of my big criticism of the artist is how much they don't see how – it's because they have a mindset that says that they need to play ball with this game, you know, of a sort of rat race. You know, then they sell the farm, you know, and then they take what they can in the meantime. And it's kind of like, you know, they get what they bargained for. And that's the way I got that's um, I can only say that because I recognize that about myself, you know. And well, I think it's just that the record companies, because they are so used to basically having a stronghold over you know all of over anybody i mean if you're not recording and you just go into a studio and they've set everything up i can understand the whole 80 20 because they're doing all the work they're you know they're making the press about you guys you know a person they're the ones that are promoting it they're the ones taking you places setting up all of the venues everything else i understand when somebody does that and it's 80 20 but when you've got you know indie people or people that know how to make their own music and and can do their own recordings and can promote themselves you know and these record companies just come in and go hey we'll we'll give you this but it's going to be on our terms. And it's like, no, dude, like I, I've sat here and I've done all of this work and all you're doing is trying to piggyback off of every effort that I've made. Just to make a quick buck. Yeah, just to make a quick buck because they know that you're going to sell. Right. And, and you know, and that, and maybe they are. I, I, uh, I like to think that I wouldn't. And that's, could be me being arrogant, you know, but I, I just, um, I got to be honest with you. I am so uh, devoted to my cause at the center of who I am, you know, uh, and not say that those artists aren't, you know, um, like that's where I've like want to tread lightly. I don't want to assume that about anybody. Uh, and, and so, you know, maybe I, totally would and you know hopefully i'd be able to navigate that wisely if it ever did but i I just don't anticipate that would ever be like a a decision for me to make um because i i am so focused at the kind of the core heart you know intent of what i do as an artist which is to awaken something inside of every human being that makes them realize that they have a power to affect things for the good and that choosing what is good is a very important part of that process. And 
that is a realm of very, um, you know, uh, it's a hotbed for debate. I'll say, you know, what is good? <laughs> you know, pe- that's that's where a lot of people I think, you know, like the problems that we have in the world is because we're having a hard time understanding what is good or what is not good. That's that's so where, that's where, where the name comes from. Kind of makes it a little bit easier for people to to just say whatever, do whatever, and there's not a whole lot of, you know, kickback from the social media standpoint of, you know, people can say, oh, well, you know, I don't really like the way you play music or whatever, and there's not really a kickback as to, well, that's just an opinion of yours. It doesn't mean that everybody agrees with that opinion. It's just an opinion. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So my question then is like, so where, what, what, where do we step in from the the realm of the opinion into the realm of where we're talking about facts? Because you keep doing what you're going to do, no matter what somebody's opinion is, because all it is is an opinion. It's one person's opinion. It does not mean that like, a thousand other people are not going to enjoy what you're playing. It's one person's opinion because either they're hurt by whatever that you have played, or it could be that they just are annoyed for whatever reason and just want to get on to social media and just say ugly things about people because they have nothing better to do. I mean, it's, it's a keyboard warrior, you know, like they get on there, they say stupid crap about whatever, and I've seen it on TikTok, I've seen it on Twitter, I've seen it on Facebook, you know, I've been yeah, a person that has had to deal with that, and I'm just like, you know what, I'm at the point now where I'm like, that's your opinion, if that's your opinion of me, fine, but there's a hundred other people that like me, and I don't really care. Yeah. It's a good way to look at the world, because everybody is going to have those people who dislike them and then there's also everybody who's going to have those people who are going to back them 100% exactly yeah and it it's good to take criticism from those who don't like you because sometimes you have to take a step back and be like okay why don't they like me what's the reason why listen to what they're saying and take it as a little bit of criticism more often than not, those people are talking to themselves, you know. So for me, true too. I got to put myself in their shoes to be like, okay, you know, that must be like uh, I take those as signals to me. Like, is that something I need to take of value? You know, I, like, do they have a point? Could I? Is this an area where I could grow as a person or as an artist? You know, because I definitely, you know. Like it's it's the the most important thing is that we become the people that we're meant to that facilitate the process of understanding what brings life, what makes life, you know, what what makes us live together in harmony, you know. Right. That's that's the most important thing. Um, but so especially this day and age when you know there's so many people that are divided amongst themselves and amongst their, you know, their their generation, their race, you know, whatever it is, everybody's divided about something. And, you know, people, I don't think people want to be divided. I think people, you know, get upset because one person says something that's an opinion and then they get mad about it and then they believe everybody's like that. Everybody in that culture or everybody in that race or everybody that's an age group or whatever. Everybody is not the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we're all different. Amen. I'm with you on that 100%. Exactly. Go on now. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, I've, I've had a lot happen just in the last five years that have taught me a lot of lessons and I've just gotten to the point where if that's your opinion of me, that's fine. But I don't let everybody into my life 
to to be able to judge me like my kids you know my kids are a very private part of my life yeah. i don't let everybody in on my life when it comes to my kids because there one thing you will not do is you will not go after my kids because you will see a whole different person <laughs> not a pretty person yeah I but you you can say whatever you want about me because I can hold my own. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like my kids or anybody that I consider my friends' kids, like don't don't go after them either because like I will go after you and I'll hurt your feelings. But and it's based on truth and not on a lie. And that should be so celebrated, like that spirit. Right. You know, like that it's that should be the hero character in all the like movies, you know. <laughs> yeah. You just don't see that you really don't see that kind of attitude displayed like in a cultural way. You know. Anywhere. And, yeah. Well, and I, I mean I've got for, like my all of my children have friends that when they come over like just for an example, there was one kid that came over, and my daughter was being, you know, a 15-year-old pain in the butt. <laughs> and she wanted to be in the middle of conversations that her little behind did not need to be in. And this one boy that I had never met um, was sitting there with one of um, a child that I did know very well. And he told her he was like i'll bust your door down he was like and i'll smack you in the mouth well like i heard this from my bedroom and i was like oh wait a minute no you did not (laughs) i walked out there and i said who are you you said what (laughs) and he goes why does it matter and i said uh i'm sorry i said you're in my house i was (laughs) like so i get to make the rules i said and like, you need to chill out. I was like, because you're not going to bust my daughter's door down. I said, you're not going to smack her in the face. I said, I don't know you. You don't know me. I was like, but I don't play. And I said, you can ask Jonathan that right now. And Jonathan turned around. He said, no, ma'am. And I had told, I called my middle child and I said, who is this child? And he said, well, it's a friend of mine. And I said, yeah, I said, um, he's a little smart mouth. I said, I'm not dealing with this. I said, you need to pick, because I about kicked him out. And about made him get off my property. And I called my son and I told him, I said, you need to come and get him. I said, you need to take him on. I said, take him back home, whatever. And my middle one went and talked to him. And the boy came back and he said, I was not trying to start anything with you. He said, I apologize. And I said, do you think your parents would be proud of what you just did? I said, if I called your parents right now, I said, don't think I won't. I said, do you think your parents would be proud of you, what you just said to me, to my daughter, in my house? No, ma'am. And I said, I have no problem. I said, having kids ever at my house, I said, at least I know where they're at. I said, they're safe. I said, if they have problems, I said, they can come and talk to me. I said, ask Jonathan. And he said, yep. And I said, but what you will not do, I said, ever in my house, I said, is disrespect me. Or any of my children. Ever since then, he has been. He has waved at me. He has told me every time he sees me, hey, how are you doing? Are you doing good? You need anything? That right there is called the fear of God. And it is a healthy thing, and it is good. No, that's the fear of a mother's scorn. Exactly. God in a mother's scorn. I just, I mean, like, I know kids want to be their own people, and I have no problem with kids being, like, trying to grow up. Yeah. There is a point where you will respect. Respect me in my house. You will respect my children. You will respect my things. Because if not, I will go to your parents and I will talk to them. And I have no problem with it. Yeah. And if the parents have a problem with me, then their children are not allowed back at my house. Which is fair. 
And that's an energy that I think rock and roll, you know, like really touches on, you know, heavy rock music, like the kind of music I grew up with. Well, I mean, I'm a Gen Xer, so. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right there. <laughs> yeah. I was born in 2000. I have no idea what generation I am. I've never cared about that. Yeah, but, you know, like, so in the early days of rock and roll, it was kind of more like that kid's energy, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm going to beat you up, right? Like, yeah. that's kind of, that's a, you know. Uh, I'm going to get my big brother. I, I consider that like an in, in, immature state of consciousness, you know, that was like kind of early rock. So, like, I, like the way I, where I think rock should go, you know, what I try to do with my music is to pull it more in that direction of like you, the protective mother that's trying to set things straight and get people act right. Like that really, that has so much more power behind it. It you really know, does. It, there's so much pow, more power in integrity, in character, in dignity. Those things are so much more powerful than this laissez-faire, you know, uh, uh, hedonistic, you know, like edgecraft. Everything has to be freaking bloody vampires all the time. Like <laughs> that, those, that is the imagery of a scared child in my view, you know, yeah. what, what are those people scared more of? They're more scared of seeing a uh, cross, you know, like Jesus on a cross, like that pisses people off to no end and why because like it freaks them out to them for them to think about it you know and i appreciate the power that that image conveys to so many people to you know to to get them to go one way or the other you know there's the people that are endlessly devoted and there's the people that are endlessly filled with rage because of it and I think there's a middle ground in that because i um, do too like i i'm neither or yeah. So, you know, and it's just it, there's a lot of things that have stemmed for me to kind of like not so much like follow, you know, the teachings of church or whatever. I just mm -hmm. I've walked away from it because there's just things that have happened to me that have made me just kind of take a step back from a lot of it. Yeah, and Yo, I understand. Guys. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Do you mind if I respond to that? Was... Go ahead. Okay, all right. Uh, I understand that sentiment very deeply. You know, I uh, I come from a background like obviously, good Godfather like is can be taken in a bunch of different ways. But the reason why I strung those three different words together. Uh, came from my wrestling with these issues because my background was so devoted. You know, I was really involved in church and church leadership and religion and Christianity. And I was in a Christian rock band and I've, I'm a really diligent student of, of the scriptures and religion, spirituality, those kinds of things and, and the discipline of the, of the history there. And, uh, but I definitely recognize like just as much as I have criticisms with the industry i have criticisms of most institutions and religion i feel is the one that i most belong to right where i can have i have a voice more than like other people might that don't have the same background that i do with it yeah uh, but i definitely have a dog in the fight so i like it's some it's not something that i could ever really take away from myself because it's meant so much to me in my life uh but uh i uh I wrestle with that all the same, and I'm just like anybody else that's trying to answer questions honestly to himself and and bear with the facts and um and understand my experience just like we all are oh uh, yeah but, definitely like i don't can you know i I'm not against anybody that does whatever religion you are, like I'm all for whatever you want to practice, like it does not bother me in one sense or another because it's what you believe it's your faith it's how you mm -hmm. feel and i'm good with that like i i have no problems either way with anybody in their faith whatsoever yeah right on and i and i don't either 
but it's it's the only reason I address it is because these are issues I do broach as topics in the content, you know, of, of what I bring to the table. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I like, I mean, I, the last song that I was listening to was um, Baptismal. Mm-hmm. Baptismal. I like that. I mean, I, I really like the song. Awesome. I'm glad you do that. That's kind of a crowd favorite a bit. Yeah. I I like it too. I think it's I think from those early recordings that that one kind of touches the most on where I was going, you know, with my intent. Uh but just a little background on that. This called baptismal fount as I was like so I used to be a behavioral specialist uh mentor, you know, for troubled youth and for a Christian organization and in the course of my day there would be like worship you know, Christian worship music playing and stuff. And one of them they were just saying over and over again was baptized in fire, baptized in fire. And the word came to my mind of baptized gunfire and by gunfire. And, the, and I was reading Dietrich Bonhoeffer at the time. And <laughs> so the, um, so the picture there is just to be like, well, what goes through your mind in those last moments where you're facing, uh, you know, firing squad? And uh, what means the most to you? What would you say? And what would the thoughts be that go through your mind in those last moments? Viva la France. No, I'm just kidding. Viva la France. <laughs> <laughs> well, already we did go a bit over with our time, but it's all right. We did go off on a bit of a tangent there for a good five-ish some minutes. But I got one last question for you, then we're going to wrap this up, my friend. Yes, sir. All right, so in closing, if you had one message to give to your fans, what would it be? I love each and every one of you with all of my heart, and I'm so thankful that you have given me any amount of your attention. I hope only in the future to develop my craft as strongly and perfectly as I possibly can and not deviate from my purpose and my focus day to day. Awesome. Oh, Kirsten, or anything? No, uh -uh, I think he said it perfectly. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. This was great. This was a great conversation. Thank you. You Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for coming out to the uh, to the podcast. It was a great time. Uh, you mentioned earlier about new real uh, new songs you were working on. When you happen to get those finished, feel free to send them over. Do you know when they may be done? Yes, in the course of the next month. It could be weeks. It it could be days. Uh, I just have vocals and maybe a little bit of guitar work to do, and that song will be ready. It's called Prince of the Air. And it's uh, that Ooh. song, yeah. It's about uh, Satan and about big, big old mean guy being big bullies. <laughs> it's about bullies. Nice. That'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Definitely. And some point down the road, we will reach out and have you come back on. All right. Sounds good. All right, my friend. You have yourself a wonderful day, night, evening. Yep, I'm not entirely too. sure what time it is there. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, what five thirty. So okay, uh, so got the rest of my evening. <laughs> well, mine's about to end. <laughs> yeah, you bet. You guys enjoy your supper time. Uh, I'm going to bed for work. Oh, there you go. And I'm going to have a lovely <laughs> evening. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. Stay safe.